pandemonium reigns. Pandemonium reigns in your ears, in your business, in your speakers, all up in your junk. Maybe not your junk, but you know what I'm saying. Glad right to be in that vicinity, though. Oh, right in the area. Glad to be back with you. Talking week one. What a wild week that it was. Before we get into that, though, make sure you hit like and follow and subscribe. Make sure you tell somebody. Just go ahead and, and hit the share button of, of YouTube and copy the link and, and send it send it to somebody. Do that right now, in this moment. Make it happen. Hit follow, hit like. We appreciate you hanging out with us for the party. With that said, Florida, travel to Utah. Utah, 24. Florida, 11. Mm. One word to describe. I'm going to go ahead and give you my word first. One word to describe Florida, the Florida football team, based off that game, dysfunctional. That's a good word. I've got one for you. Ready? Let me have it. Slow. <laughs> dysfunctional and slow. Not good words you want to use when describing a football team. Not good no. words at all. Not good words at all. That's the opposite of what you want. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go ahead and establish this. Utah, they're a good football team. They are, man. I mean, without your QB1, that's impressive. Yeah. Yes. They rotated guys at that position. I mean, three dudes, you know, saw, uh, had the opportunity to put the ball in the air, you know, um, but they ran really well and they're, they're always physical. They have a, they have a, a an, an, an edge defender, white dude, number 83. Looks just like a Utah football player would, right? No swag yes. about him, nothing on his arms, nothing on his hands, just out there making plays, making life miserable for Florida on that night. Yes. Uh, Jonah Ellis, you you, you reminded me of, of yes. that guy. I mean, textbook definition of, of Utah football, hates offensive success for the other team, doesn't want to give you an inch. I mean, just that's Utah football in a nutshell. And that group made – Florida's not just a living hell on yes. last Thursday night. And and it wasn't fun any bit of the game for them. Don't know what they're doing. I mean, I'm just – seriously, I have questions about what they're doing. I spoke to a Florida fan on Sunday, and I was trying to be nice. I said, I, I'm not talking smack because they've owned Tennessee for the better part of two decades. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what they're doing. I, I just don't – I don't understand it. It doesn't, it doesn't look like winning football or, or a, an attempt at winning football. Yeah. I don't recognize that program for what they were in my childhood and when I was coming up. I think the greatest question now is if that continues, how much longer will Billy Napier continue in Gainesville? They've got 31 million reasons. It's really just 5 million reasons to make it as long to, to make it into 2024 because, you know, a whopping $31 million buyout drops down to 26 million after next season is what I've heard. But those are both large sums of money. You can't afford to, to just sit around and get behind. I mean, if you want to hire Deion Sanders and try to fix it in one year, you could. But that's not what they're going to do. I mean, that's, again, money, money, money. They, I just I don't recognize what they're doing. It doesn't look like a winning product. I don't know that I believe in coaches like Dan Mullen, like Billy Napier, like Charlie Strong or Will Muschamp, if you will. Yeah. Wait around and wait around and wait around for the perfect job or the big job that they want. It just doesn't work out. More times than not, it seems. Sure, it worked out for Kirby, sure. but I mean, it just it doesn't work out all the time. I don't understand it. I I don't know what he's what he's even trying to do half the time because I don't I don't even believe that Graham Mertz is the best quarterback they could have got out of the portal. 
and in many ways they're just a quarterback away if they had a if they had a, a solid dude at quarterback they could do so much more. Mm-hmm. But and, and Merch wasn't bad. He wasn't the reason they lost. But they could do a right. lot more there. Right. Mertz's stats are a little inflated because they spent most of the time trying to come back. 31 for 44, 333 yards, a score and a pick. QBR is good for 30.4, which is incredibly low. You're, you're right. They did not lose because of him. They lost because of dysfunction. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you force a punt but and you and, and that's negated because you have two number threes on your field, that's management. That's management of your roster. They they have essentially a quality control guy as their game changer coordinator, not their special right. teams coordinator. Right. Is my understanding that's that's the worst vibe in the world for a guy for guys like us that have been through the the coach speak uh, you know gauntlet. You you brought in Montreal Johnson from from his last stop down in Louisiana. He got three carries. You have Travis Trevor ETN. You gave him mm-hmm. seven carries. You didn't start this game down twenty one points. Why right. in the world were they not a bigger part of your game plan? And I know that both of them had some receptions, but their passing game looks like, where's Pearsall? Where's Pearsall? Where's the tight yes. end? Where's the line of scrimmage throw? It doesn't yes. look like let's challenge a defense. Let's make it life hard for them. Let's spread it around. It looks like let's survive and, I don't know, let's survive and try not to get killed. Exactly. Exactly. Florida's going to have to figure it out and figure it out fast. And you mentioned something. You mentioned Deion Sanders earlier. Florida fans have got to be looking at Colorado going, wait a second, we're in year two. They're in year one. They just upset a top 15 team in the country on their own turf. And we just, I'm not sure what we just did. What was that? So we're Florida, you're Colorado. Like what? what's going on here at this rate? Auburn has set a tone. Hey, right? Year two, we don't care. We'll get you out of here. You think Florida's going to hesitate to pull that trigger? Other than other, they'll they'll find the money. If they want to, they'll they'll find the money. It's a matter of you know, do they want to swallow that and get it and 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 get that covered? You know, uh, on his buyout. However, Florida is going to host McNeese State next week, Saturday night. In the swamp, they'll have one game to get it together uh, to get it together before Tennessee comes to town, and they better do it fast. Yeah, I mean, those are the things that'll escalate and and find more reasons to get that money in line. If you have a losing streak, even if it's two against Tennessee, if you lose to Tennessee at home for the first time in twenty years, I don't think I don't think Utah is a bad team. And again, they won that game by thirteen points with relative ease without their QB one. But Florida's got, like you said, got major issues. Major play calling issues to me, where I just don't know what they're doing. Yeah, and and again, it just seems so antiquated, so limited what they can do offensively or what they even try to do. So yeah, major things to figure out because you know one thing you should expect is that Tennessee should want to come down there and put as much pressure on their offense as they can by scoring points, scoring them fast. That's what I expect to happen. We'll see what happens, but the pressure is going to be real. Yeah, and it's not going to get any easier for for Florida. Obviously, they're going to host us. They're going to travel to Kentucky. They're going to travel to South Carolina. They're going to host Arkansas. They're going to travel to LSU. They're going to host Florida State at the end of the year. It's going to be rough for these guys. Sure is. They've got a long lot of work to do. Yep. Again, they're going to need to figure it out and figure it out fast. Colorado. TCU, the Buffaloes traveled to the Horned Frogs and stole a W right out of their back pocket. And boy, did Deion Sanders let them know that they were coming, that they were there, and then that they left. 
45-42 victory over the Horn Frogs, and I, you got to lead off with this statistic. Shador Sanders, 38 for 47, 510 yards, four scores. If I remember right, this is the first 500-yard passer in Colorado Buffalo history. Yeah, that is correct. That is correct. What an outstanding performance. Yes, and TCU is feeling the loss, no, not of Max Dogan, of their offense coordinator. Yeah, their offensive coordinator. And let's let's remember this. They want, they were so tough. They were so good last year at coming back in games. That's what they kept doing, kept doing yes. over the middle to late portion of last year. They just kept coming back. You couldn't put them away. It didn't usually escalate into the 40s. It didn't usually es- escalate to the tune of 500 passing yards, especially for a program with so much new like Colorado. Yes, 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 yeah, absolutely. And then you got Travis Hunter to talk about who not only put up numbers in the receiving department, did it on the defensive end as well. These two-way players at this level is fascinating to me. I mean, these yeah. this 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 room of Champ Bailey, Jabril, Jabril Peppers, now Travis Hunter, uh, who am I missing? Michigan, Charles Woodson. You know, the, this is a small room, and these guys they're just elite. They're 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 head and shoulders above everybody else. Think about playing 120 plus snaps in week one in Texas when it's 100 degrees, 90 degrees, yeah. hot as balls, and you're yes. out there playing 120 snaps to the tune of an interception for one, uh, to the tune of 119 receiving yards offensively on 11 receptions. That is elite athleticism. That is number one player in the country coming out of high school level. That's what that is. Yep. That's living up to it. Yep. You and I couldn't have been in the entire – let's not just count ourselves – we all couldn't have been more wrong about what was going to happen in this game. Oh, Sonny Dykes. Oh, the established team. Oh, it's an easy cover for them. 20 and a half, doesn't matter. Make it 40. It's an easy cover. We couldn't have been more wrong. And Dion told us he was coming. You're right. But let me tell you where Dion's wrong. I don't know if you saw his post-game presser where he's where he's getting interviewed. He's sitting down. Of course, did you see him sitting down on the sideline as well? That was <laughs> yeah. a whole thing. Basically, he sits down. Or he sits down in this in this in this presser, and he says, <clears throat> "Y'all are not ready for you know African American head coach who's leading a football team that's seventy five percent you know African American." I'm like, "What planet are you living on, bro? That's every college football team on you know maybe not Duke, but you know Duke is now <laughs> saying otherwise. Maybe not Clemson." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe not Clemson. There you go. Uh, that's the only thing I'm going to disagree with 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 Dion. I'm like, hello, I am totally changing my thoughts on Colorado's win total on the year. Oh, a hundred percent. I even remember when we looked at we looked at Matt Rule and Dion Sanders, mm-hmm. and I said, oh, you know, Matt Rule, he's a he's a great college coach. Yes, and I said Nebraska probably wins that game if I'm not mistaken. Nebraska has a 0.0% chance of winning that game from what I've seen week one. Right now it says at three and a half in Colorado's favor. What I saw out of Nebraska and what I saw out of Colorado, give me Nebraska by a landslide. Yeah. But Colorado. Colorado. Sorry, yeah, 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 absolutely. Whoops. But Colorado, man, just totally flipped that thing overnight. Something that we've 
never seen before. They're going to be fascinating to watch going forward. Fascinating. I cannot wait for the Colorado-USC game. Oh, I'll be shocked if they don't snipe someone in that. I mean, think about the points that they're going to score on USC. The over-under so over is going to be set at 101. Oh, 100%. And I'll, I'll probably bet the over. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, nonetheless, so Colorado is going to pick up next week on Fox. It'll probably be a big noon kickoff hosting Nebraska and Matt Rule. What's gonna come? What's gonna come out of this? Buffaloes trending up and trending up fast. He told you they were coming. They have come, and they are here. Nebraska better get ready. The Tar Heels and the Gamecocks squared off on Saturday night in Charlotte, and everybody showed up. You know, both teams showed up, the coaches showed up, the fans showed up, everybody showed up but the South Carolina offensive line. Where were I'm they? Even told, I'm even told that the uh, referees showed up and that they were a little late showing up for the second half. I don't know. You know, where <laughs> was the offensive line? They were the only ones missing. The offensive line was like the, like the childhood game of Where's Waldo? <laughs> yeah, honestly, non-sacks. Non-sacks. Uh, what, did you hear also, that? I think I just heard that. Uh, Spencer Rattler has been sacked again by the. By oh the... gosh, I hope he's okay. I mean, it, t- it takes a it takes a toll on you at some point. Nine sacks. I know the rushing uh, that affects your rushing numbers, and they they netted negative two as a team against an ACC opponent. By the way, uh, an ACC opponent that had major issues defensively yes. during this era. Yes, uh, and you know, let's let's not ignore that they were airing it out a lot. That they didn't do that quite as much in this game. Yeah, they probably gave their defense some rest. Yes. More rest than they had been used to. And it turned into nine sacks and negative two rushing yards for the Gamecocks. Yeah. And again, here we go. The similar narrative to the whole thing out on Graham Mertz. Everybody's going, well, Spencer Rattler was 30 for 39, 353 yards in that loss. Well, he had to throw it a lot. <laughs> he had to throw it a lot. Because a lot. did he have to throw it so much? Because their leading rusher was 12 for 23. So even when it was closer, they couldn't find yards. So, of course, and you know what? The dude has elite talent. He's got elite talent. He's got an incredible arm. But offensive line was just nowhere to be found. But another elite talent, Drake May. Drake May is absolutely elite. I mean, I will be shocked if that dude isn't an absolute stud in the NFL. I mean, a stud. Just the things that he can do. Now, Rattler was doing some things early in that game. I mean, he was under severe duress, like he was the entire game, on their first yeah. touchdown drive, and he just dropped one in a bucket yes. over the middle of the yes. field. It was a beautiful throw. Those are the, those are the things that show the talent that he yeah. has. Yes, But it's not going to pan out to much more than, than Beamer's already done there if they right. can't protect their quarterback against a defense that has struggled like NC. Right. And you know what? You and I are Tennessee fans. This is obviously, you know, uh, (laughs) it's so clear, right? So we're going to take our shots at Shane Beamer. Complaining about the chain gang going into the second half? That's Butch Jones stuff, dude. You know what? Complain about it. File a complaint to the NCAA. Don't make it public. Yeah. Especially don't make it public if your words preceding that line or following that line or I don't have any complaints about my team or I don't see any issues with my team or something like that. If you're afraid to call out your offensive line in that environment, but you're going to call out the refs to start a half, it's not like they slowed down your tempo. I mean, I don't even understand the complaint. I didn't watch that moment. You were actually hooking me up with updates. You said that South Carolina had had 
converted an onside kick. That's so shocking because they are Beamer ball. It's what they do. You should be ready for these things. That notwithstanding, they should have converted converted the fourth down as well. Had a drop pass that that Rattler put on the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked like, but yeah. And look, we Tennessee owes South Carolina on so many levels for last year. Let's not forget that they dealt them a blow in twenty twenty one. That was probably the reason for the excitement and the running up of the score last year in Columbia. So I know that we owe them one. Um, I know that they've got our number most recently, but that's Bush League, dude. That's that's yeah. the crap that I was talking about him going into last season. Look at my shoes. Look at my sunglasses and my TikToks. I mean, yep. I can't stand that crap. You and I both have an obvious distaste for it with guys like Butch Jones running our program into the ground. Um, I, I can't even believe that he would be so bold to say that thing when his team allowed nine sacks. It was ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. So here's some other stats coming out of this game. They were 4 for 14 on third down, 0 for 4 on fourth down. Gosh. They were negative 2 rushing. Of course, you know, those sacks are going to be netted into that, obviously. And then that puts them at negative 0.1 yards per rush on 31 (laughs) total attempts. And and like you mentioned, Joyner was – with their 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 athlete, not even the running back, to carry on Joiner was the only guy in, in positive yards as a rusher. They had another running back in the negatives, negative one, but you had to carry on Joiner twelve carries for twenty three yards. That's putrid. That is putrid. Yeah, it's not good, not good. Uh, and they are missing Jaheim Bell big time. They need they need all yeah. the weapons they they, they get. They, they, I mean, don't be surprised if if Shane Beamer still has a job by the end of the season that he's not hitting the portal hard for. Offensive lineman. But with that said, as bad as South Carolina looked, I thought North Carolina looked exceptionally well. They're a little more balanced on the offensive end. Chip Lindsey is going to not necessarily say slow things down, but he doesn't want to score so fast. Yeah. They were 39 for a buck 68 in the rushing department, 269 yards in the air department. And I thought their defensive front, again, against the bad offensive line, looked really well. They, and you're like, well, you know, South Carolina looked really, really bad. But North Carolina did things like tackling in the open field. And they were getting off blocks in the yeah. second and third levels. And so thought North Carolina looked really, really well. Excited for them going forward. And South Carolina's going to have to figure it out real fast because they're going to host Furman, and then they're traveling to Athens, Georgia. Yeah. I mean, their offensive line in, in Athens, uh, I just almost – as close as I'll ever get for feeling for feeling sorry and, and being scared for those guys. Tennessee's defensive line that looked great against Virginia or looked surging against Virginia should look the same way in Knoxville in three or four weeks. There's no reason as of right now that they shouldn't. Right. Um, I mean, that's going to be a long year for that unit. Missouri, they've got some pieces that can give them problems. Kentucky has been better and better on defense under Stoops. I mean, it's just going to be a rough slate. On the other side, North Carolina looks like they should – they could be the other contender for the conference as of right now. Don't forget Duke. Duke, North Carolina, Florida State. Those look like you're possibly your top three in the ACC right now. The ACC is coming back to life, and I'm here for it. I love that conference, but we won't talk about the additions of, of Stanford and Cal. Anyway, North Carolina, excited about them going forward. South Carolina, they're going to figure it out. I have to figure it out and figure it out fast. Much like Florida. Much like Florida. The LSU Tigers and the Florida State Seminoles. Man, what a game. It 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 it, it didn't let down. It dis- didn't disappoint. Provided so much conversation. 
I want to I want to I want to lead off here by just saying Florida State is legit. They are yes, they legit. Are. Yes, they are. LSU might have some things that they're going to have to figure out, and I trust that they're actually going to figure those things out. I think they're going to figure it out. But Florida State on the offensive side has got a lot of problems. Not problems for them, problems for you as a defense. Jaheim yeah. Bell, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson. All right, and that's that's just you know the guys that you can throw it to. You got Trey Benson in the backfield, and Jordan Travis can run, and their offensive line is legit. Now we're talking about their not talking about their defense. They got one of the, they got a, they got Brandon Fisk, who everybody wanted the portal. They got Jared Verse, right? They've got some linebackers that are dudes. They picked up Fentrell Cypress uh, out of the portal. These guys are loaded. They are a problem, a major problem. They're uh, I feel so good about having them in my Final Four playoff. A hundred percent, and that's pretty bold because we. One thing I've noticed about myself is I'm so quick to give the benefit of the doubt to the establishment. I've got to figure out a way to get past that in my mind because I still see was was seeing Clemson as the the favorite in the ACC, favorite to be in that playoff hunt when the, when the season ends. I don't see Clemson having having an answer for this Florida State team, whether they face them once or or twice, I should say, whether they face them twice or just the once in the regular season. I don't see them having answers for this team. They don't have the athleticism. It appears that that Florida State clearly has, like you alluded to on the outside mm-hmm. and on the inside with Jaheim Bell and and what can be a wicked rushing attack when you factor in Jordan Travis and, and again, a solid offensive line, a very stout defensive front like you're talking about, killed the transfer portal. They, they make me believers in the portal, making weapons out of guys that didn't want to be where they were previously. A lot of times it kind of flops, and, and obviously they left that place for a reason, their last stop. Florida State puts them to use. And and they put them on display. Yes, they did. And I think one of the most exciting things out of the portal that they got was Keon Coleman. He's Absolutely. big and he is an athlete. He's got great hips. He's got great feet. Put up a dang hat trick. <laughs> kids, 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 a baller. Now, hundred yard hat trick. Wild, wild concept. Now let's let's flip sides and let's talk LSU for a second. LSU's got a lot of talent as well. I mean, we could pop off names. Harold Perkins, Mason Smith, who didn't play. Jaden Daniels, um, Malik Neighbors. They've got dudes. Mason Taylor, right? Right. Yeah. So they're going to have to figure out something. Your quarterback shouldn't be your leading rusher. He was 15 for 64. And when I say he shouldn't be your leading rusher, it's the – the number of attempts he had 15 yeah. carries. The next closest was four, and that's what every other back had: four yeah. attempts for 44, four attempts for four, four attempts for one. That's not good. No, that's bad. That You're, looks like a reversion for LSU. Is what that looks like. It looks like they reverted back to week one of last year. Is what it looks like. That's a fair statement. That's a very fair statement. Now, the question that everybody's talking about at this point. Is is LSU now out of the playoff race? And I'm gonna say that they are not. Agreed. They're not. There's more than enough time to get back in. Of course, you're gonna need. I don't know that you can lose another one. Yeah. I don't. I, don't, I, I think that's yeah, I gonna be a little too costly. So it doesn't bode well for those guys. But you're gonna travel. No, excuse me. Nope. 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 You're gonna host. Nope. You're gonna travel to Tuscaloosa. Forgive me. You're gonna travel to Tuscaloosa. I think you're gonna host Florida. So, well, that's. I don't know if that's if that matters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. let, let me just actually glance at this so I can stop speaking out of my rear end. You're gonna travel to Mississippi State. 
You're going to host Arkansas. That's going to be tough. You're going to travel to Oxford. You're going to host Auburn. That Auburn LSU has quickly become a conversation, by the yeah. way. Traveling to Tuscaloosa, hosting Florida, and you're going to end the season with AM. Man, AM created some conversation for themselves as well. LSU, uh, kind of the theme of the day. You better figure it out. And you better figure it out fast. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Because it's coming. What are you doing when you have Harold Perkins dropping back? I think I saw the stat, maybe PFF. He dropped back like 28 times in pass coverage. Yes. And and again, you you said it just a minute ago, 12 rushes from a running back, 15 for your quarterback. It it really makes me think, I, I don't, I don't, put a lot of stock when a coach makes a comment like well, we thought we were Georgia or something like that. I don't I don't put a lot in that. But it kind of it kind of looks like that to me. It looks like from the top down maybe they thought they were Georgia because they kind of just rolled the ball out there is what it seems yes. like. Yes. Didn't at all play like we saw them play through the middle portion of 2022 yeah. when they were stacking wins and they they only got tougher after losing to Tennessee at home. They really only got tougher and tougher. Daniels was running a lot. I'll give him that. He was running a lot. He's sure. fantastic at it. But that didn't look like what the way they were playing last year, especially with Perkins. I mean, they had him doing phenomenal things in the rush game last year, not dropping back, not trying to use him in, in the wrong way. I'm going to say it's the wrong way because it's so dynamic coming after the, the point of attack. Mm-hmm. I just don't recognize that from, from their best ball last year. I don't think Mason Smith makes a difference in that game. I mean, sure, maybe it stops the score here or there. Maybe it makes life harder for Jordan Travis, you know, throughout the night, but he didn't look like the the missing piece for them when their offense was just kind of shooting itself in the foot. I mean, they had 17 points until the very end of this game. Yeah. It's it's like you said a moment ago, the final score is not indicative because this was a full on blowout. This was not, and and not that 45, 24 isn't, but I mean, they had 17 points until breaking a long one near the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Not a good performance on there and not a good performance on there. And, they have totally changed my outlook on them. I had them winning the West. I don't know that I have them winning the West anymore. Yes, Agreed. Alabama played MTSU, but it was too much to not like out of LSU. However, I'll come back to what I said in the beginning. A lot of things that they can fix and a lot of things I think that they will fix. Yeah. How does that shake up in the SEC West division? How does that shake up for them? With the playoff remains to be seen, right? It's only yep. week one. It is. The Clemson Tigers traveled to whatever town Duke is in. It's escaping <laughs> me. I know that's not Duke. Durham. Wow. Durham. Wow. There goes that. Traveled to Durham and regret that trip. Lose that Don't game they. 28-7. to seven. I want to I want to I want to start with some comments that Dabo made. He said that in his time at Clemson, they are fifty eight and zero when they have rushed for two hundred and passed for two hundred. That Clemson is all time one hundred and eight and zero when those two things have happened. Listen, Clemson, you talk about leaving points off the board. Clemson went up and down the field. Uh, missed field goal, blocked field goal, and two fumbles. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What's what's crazy though is if you if you add those points, so let's say two touchdowns, 14-21, and two field goals, 24-27. They would have won by one or lost by one. 
<laughs> and and that's if they executed all of it per executed all of it to the max. Yes. Because the because the points that they did have, the seven points that they did have are off the, the heels of a muff punt. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, muff yes. punt. Yeah. Granted them the field position to go get their seven. How could you possibly I, I can't find it in me to be high on this Clemson team at this rate. I mean that's I the, was. I was. No, no, after, after, yeah, after, after this game is what I'm meaning because I was as well coming in. I thought Klubnik would be the truth there. I thought they should have been able to run the ball with Shipley and Maffa, uh really well. Um, the really the one question I had was are they are they going to get back to the point of making an argument? They're not. They're not it this year. But are they going to make an argument for wide receiver year? They're going to make some noise on the outside again. I didn't know who those guys would be if they did do it. I'm, I don't believe that they have those guys on the team this year to do that after last night's game. I don't trust their I don't trust their running game when they're not executing handoffs and and reads and and mesh points in week one. Mm-hmm. You should have your, your ball security should be on point to me in week one. I know that issues come up, but mm-hmm. these were simple things that took points directly off the board for them. I, you have a new offensive coordinator that everyone's super excited and young Riley. And boy, it looked like it looked like Clemson's offense. I think I think Dabo had a quote on that as well. Well, supposedly he has Riley handcuffed, and Dabo has a heavy hand in this. And if you're going to bring a guy like that in who took TCU to a national championship game, let him do his job. Yep, you spend the entire off season installing, do what you got to do, cut him loose, cut him loose. Yeah, I mean, you've got you've got athletes. You don't have the greatest receiving room in the country, definitely not in the conference. But you have dudes out there like Antonio Williams is is a baller. You like, and you exactly. got a true freshman out there who I think had a had a great reception. You've got Bo Collins. You've got Tyler Brown is the one I was referencing. So you've got you've got a room. They're nice. <clears throat> Let him cut it loose, man. Will Shipley, seventeen for one hundred and fourteen. Phil Maffa. I think that's how you say that. 11 for 65. Cade was 12 for 34. Cade throwing was 27 for 43, 209, a touchdown and a pick. And then we flip to the other side. (laughs) Duke Blue Devils. Riley Leonard will play in the NFL, and he will play in the NFL for a very long time. Kid was 17 for 33, only a buck 75, but he is a football player who can also do the quarterback thing. Absolutely, he is. Absolutely, he is. When he was, when he made that fantastic run to the end zone, just shifting out of it, you know, not going down, eventually getting to the up, the outside and, and going up uh, and scoring. I was, I was like, well, there's Daniel Jones 2.0. <laughs> I mean, right. the last, the last Duke quarterback to really go in and have a lot of draft buzz, which I think you're correct on. I think Riley Leonard will. Um, I couldn't have been more shocked. And again, I'm going to beat this into the ground this year, I think, but I've got to quit trusting the establishment so much because I'm like, oh, yeah, Clemson's going to go in and cover. I think it was 13 and a half. It was right around two touchdowns. They couldn't have looked worse. I mean, honestly, their comparison would be in like – that's comparable to South Carolina's offensive line. That's comparable to Florida's offensive dysfunction, not in the whole but in part. Just don't know what you're doing in week, week one doing those things. Not sure what you're doing at all, but give Duke credit because you know what? Their roster isn't your typical Duke football team. They've got some players out there. Mm-hmm. Most notably, outside of Riley Leonard, I want to point the attention to Al Blades Jr., whose daddy was a Miami legend. 
when did he transfer out of Miami <laughs> and end up in Duke? The Blue Devils uh, are happy he did. Um, he's a tone setter. He wants to, he wants to lay you out. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, but Duke, they've got a they've got a tackle who could very easily go first round. He'll definitely fall second or third round. So they've got talent out there. Mike Elko has done wonders yeah. in Durham, North Carolina, and it's only year two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know why that didn't, didn't look like Clemson circa 2013 to current 2014 to current Deshaun and late Todd Boyd, Eric to current. It doesn't look like them. I mean, I don't, I don't recall being that will being someone that wanted to handcuff an OC or, you know, only do the safe thing with the OC. I don't, I don't recall him being that guy. I don't know what's got him in that mood. I think he needs to wake up and, or, Wake up or like get out of the profession because if you don't want to play NIL and you don't want to play portal, you're probably not playing college football anymore. Right. Yeah. And then if you're gonna you're gonna handicap your your offensive coordinator that who a lot of teams would have taken, then I mean just you're I don't know what you're doing. You don't you don't seem to me like someone who seriously wants to be in the sport that much longer. If you're a Clemson fan, are you calling for his head? I don't think I would be in week one, but if it's, you know, think about it. If it's another year where they're they're not only out of the playoff, and this would be the new aspect, they're out of the playoff, but they're not that close to being in the playoff, then I, I do think the seat's actually hot 2024 for sure. Because here's another, you want to you wanna, you wanna throw the insult to the injury? Would you like me to go ahead and do that? Sure. DJ missed five passes on Saturday. Yeah. He had his yeah. best game of his career at yeah. Oregon State with far less weapons when he's not doing those things against, you know, San Jose State in the Clemson Orange. Right. But he did it in the Oregon State Orange. Mm-hmm. And I can't wrap my head around that. We we know what he is athletically. We know how big he is, how how strong he is. And you can't find a way to use him. And and I was like, last year and, and re-watching the Syracuse-Clemson game from last year just recently, I, I said to myself, they'll, they'll never have a quarterback this bad again. He sucks. I'm wrong. It's not him. <laughs> it's something over there in Clemson. It's it, at this point, right? It's got to be something inside the walls of Clemson. Now they've got a little bit of time to figure it out. And I want to, I want to kind of hang around this conversation just for a minute. They're going to host yeah. Charleston Southern next week. They're going to host Florida Atlantic the week after that. And then they're going to host Florida state. Boy, boy, boy. All right. So let's just paint this scenario very quickly. You said you're not out on Dabo yet if you're a Clemson fan. Well, let's say you beat Charleston Southern and FAU by three scores, all right? But the wins are very meh. Mm. You know what I mean? Very, very bleh. Like, you did it, right? The scoreboard shows three scores, but the fan knows, like, that was not good. Yep. And then you host Florida State. And let's just say they, they tear you to shreds. Let's say 41-14. Yeah. Now are you out on Dabo? Man, I don't I don't think you can move away from the things that he's done there this I'm not year. saying I don't call, think I'm, you can. I'm just saying as a as as a fan, are you like done? You get like I I, I want I don't I want him gone. Like I I want I want it out. I don't think I would be. I don't okay. I don't think I would be because I mean again, two two national championships, another appearance or two into the playoff. Are you and if that scenario happens, are you? It's going to be hard to do it during the season, so sure. probably not. 
But if the season unfolds and we get into another offseason where he's not active in the portal and he's not doing those things, yeah. I hate to say it, but but yeah, you're 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 trending the opposite direction. Yeah. Trending the opposite and, direction. And I don't mean to be, you know, lackadaisical in my handling of him if I'm the AD in, in this situation, but yeah, we're having conversations like look at what Florida State, look at what Florida State, look at what LSU, look at what Ole Miss, look at what these teams are doing in the pool. Colorado. Colorado with eighty something new players. If you have a hole, don't be a stick in the mud, go fill the hole and then use the guy. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, another man, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Go, go make it that way and, and fill up your roster with that because to me, it looks like their talent's taking a, a, a marginal step back. I don't know how big it is, but it looks like it's a step back on the outside. They don't have quite the same speed. They definitely, you know, Duke made them quit last night. I'm, I believe in that. I don't think they're as bad as the 28 seven showing that it was, but Duke, Made them quit, and I I just can't believe I'm saying those words. Duke made them quit. So yeah. it really makes me question what what kind of effort that is in week one when hope should be springing eternal. I mean, they were in that game midway in the fourth quarter, and then very quickly and very stupidly due to the, the ignorant fumbles that they had, they were not in the game. It's a little Jimbo Fisher-esque. That's a good that's a that's a good way to put it. It feels a little bit like Jimbo in Tallahassee. Yes. And it's you know, and their ACC slate is not easy. So they're gonna host Florida State. They're gonna travel to Syracuse. Don't know much about those guys. Host Wake Forest. Travel to Miami. You know, who's Miami gonna be? Travel to NC State. That's never that's never easy for Clemson. Yes, NC State doesn't have Devin Leary, but they have Brendan Armstrong, who's a baller. Yeah. They're gonna host Notre Dame. Sam Hartman, you are you are you really going to turn the ball over like that and give Sam Hartman chance after chance after chance? Georgia Tech lose. has improved; they were right yeah. there with Louisville. My goodness, North Carolina. Then you're going to travel to South Carolina, who doesn't have an offensive line. So, and maybe that's a game for ball eligibility if this season unfolds the way that it could. I'm not, that is a not fascinating serious, concept. That's a fascinating. I mean, it's and I'm right there on the table. Yeah, and I'm half kidding, but it is on the table. It is firmly on the table, really. Especially with South Carolina, but if we, if we yeah. continue to see the Clemson that we saw on Monday night, yes, yeah. In in that case, if if the season does absolutely deteriorate, I'm out. I'm out at that point because I don't think you can be too lackadaisical. I'm just I'm all for giving a guy a chance if he's brought me a couple of natties and some playoff appearances. But I mean, if you go from that narrowly narrowly missing the playoff 2022 to six and six or around that or eight and four even with some terrible losses. Your seat's hot. No kidding. No kidding. Well, that said, I'm selling my Clemson stock and I'm buying Duke Blue Devil stock. Yeah, I'm I'm buying Duke stock. I'm throwing the rest, getting another share or two of Florida State Seminole stock, and that's who I'm riding with in the ACC. Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. This has been fun. Glad just to be talking ball again. Thank God. Talking season is over. Week one provided us with all the things from Colorado to Duke to Florida State, provided us with all the conversation. Here, um, our, 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 mm, from us to you, here's hoping that your team won over the weekend, unless your team are the Bulldogs, then I got nothing for you. I have nothing. absolutely nothing for you. 
With that said, we love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, for letting us tickle your ears. We love you guys. God bless. Go Balls. Give me up.